Hey, Maya and Gal here. Welcome to the Coffee Talkie Show, the podcast for women living abroad. And today we have a special guest with us, Majid. Together we will delve into the fascinating world of co-living and explore its transformative power for remote workers, digital nomads, and expats worldwide. But first, let us introduce you to our guest. Majid is a visionary entrepreneur and the founder of Coley Values, a groundbreaking platform that is transforming the co-living experience for remote workers worldwide. With a diverse background as a civil engineer, business consultant, and software sales engineer, Majid brings a unique perspective to the world of co-living. Currently based in Canada, Majid has dedicated himself to creating a seamless and tailored solution for digital nomads and remote workers seeking vibrant and connecting communities. Through his platform, Majid has empowered individuals to discover a wide range of co-living places and communities that align with their values, interests, and professional aspirations. And he even shared with us that he's thinking of going nomad abroad very soon. We invite you to grab your coffee and your notebook and give a big loving welcome to Majid. Hi Majid, thank you for being here with us on the Coffee Talkie Show. Hey, hey, it's really good to be here. How's it going? Good. It's later here for us than for you. We just heard Majid telling us that it's 6 a.m. is time. This is part of doing an expat podcast, right? <laughs> we talk with people from all over the world and it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the norm for me. I'm here in Vancouver. We're like on the westernmost point in Canada. And so, yeah, time-wise, I've learned to be a morning person, even though I wasn't before. It's, uh, it's a necessary change over, over here. I can imagine. Uh, so we'll dive straight into our interview today. And Majid, can you share a bit about your personal journey and how you transitioned from being a civil engineer to founding co-living uh, values? Yeah, yeah, it's... It's been quite the journey for sure. It's uh, quite like the meandering path, like in um, how you explained it. it. It seems a little bit strange. How did I go from this to that? Um, but it kind of ties back together in one core theme, I would say. Um, I'm always like, I'm just like a super curious builder at heart. So like I've been doing that since like I was a young kid. I love just breaking things, uh, trying to puzzle them, puzzle them back together. Um, sometimes that worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, but that's kind of how I did things. And so, um, like, as a web developer, I, I built Colib Values um, by myself. And I learned web development through literally, like, taking my friend's source code, trying to, like, dive deep into it, understand how it works, trying to make it to fit my needs. And so that's always something that I literally love to do. Um, and I'm, because of that, I'm all sort of, all, like, all, all about exploration. And so... Um, just trying to see what I can do best and where I would fit in to kind of provide the most value. Um, I studied civil engineering because it was something I really, really liked. Um, and I still do. It's like a, a super awesome field. You get to actually build stuff and see it come to fruition, um, which sounds really cool. Uh, I think after graduating university and doing a few internships, I just realized like engineering is unfortunately like a field where I would say it's it, it doesn't depend on how good you are at at it it's more about like 
how many years of experience do you have in the field? And that's kind of how you're valued. And I felt like, you know, it's not like a field where I want to go in and I want to just like put in 10, 15 years and then I'll get respect. I was like, I think I can like provide value in the right space. Um, and so I try to pivot to a more, uh, a space where I can kind of, it's more based on meritocracy rather than just, um, you know, years of experience. And so business entrepreneurship was like the natural choice. I think looking back, it was probably always something that I wanted to do. I just didn't really know it yet. Um, and so to get a jump start on that, I went through and I did like a management consulting uh, job that was sort of like my mini MBA. I was able to work with big companies, have them somehow trust me to like solve their problems or at least try. And so that was a lot of fun. That was definitely like just complete learning. I, I would really describe it as like business school. Um, and we were working on such like random projects. Like my first project was a, um, I joined during COVID. So I started working there literally like right when COVID hit. And so we were helping like a senior care facility or senior care home provider across Canada. They had like dozens of different homes. Um, obviously with COVID hitting, it was like very intense times for them and they needed someone to come in and figure out how they're gonna test their staff, how they're gonna go about doing this for like 30, 40 different homes and getting all these sort of faxes from everywhere and everybody has different needs. So it was very like, you just jump into something, figure it out, and then you leave and then you move on to the next problem. So that was a lot of fun, um, but I wanted to dive even deeper than that. And I wanted to sort of, after a couple of years, I was like, okay, like I think I can, uh, I kind of want to go like into an actual thing that I'm building instead of just being sort of drop shipped into some some war zone and trying to figure it out. Uh, and that's when I joined the tech startup and that's where I was able to sort of use all these different skills. I, I, I learned web development as a, at a young age. I learned. Um, sort of some business um, skills. I have my engineering degree. And so it all sort of melded together. And it was a place where I could use all those skills and try to talk to people and um, show them our product and show them what, what we do. Um, so that was like my last full time job. Um, and I was loving it. And then um, tech slowed down. Um, it was an AI company. And so with ChatGPT coming out, it was like, okay, this is um, the company was in trouble. And so they laid off a huge majority of its hires and sort of that's where the Cola value story begins because I had this idea, um, I was a remote worker, right? And so I had this idea for like building something around remote workers um, and, you know, fitting a, a need there that I saw. And so I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. Let's just try to, uh, to build something here instead of, um, you know, worrying about a layoff or trying to find another job. I, I just wanted to try something new. So. Yeah, that's the long-winded answer um, to explain where I am and these decisions that I've been making. Um, hopefully that clears it up. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing the story. It's really fascinating to me how people can do those transitions between you know different kind of uh, jobs, but actually everything just, like you said, melts in together and you bring all your expertise and all your knowledge from different fields to what you're doing today. And we've done it as well. And I think it's really amazing. And also to listen to your heart and do something really uh, meaningful for yourself and for the world as well. So Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that even for our listeners, that sometimes are thinking, oh, I'm moving abroad and I will have to change a career. And what can I do? When you understand it, actually, like 
you can do a lot of things on your lifetime. Like you can do different things and it, eventually it will all melt down together and you bring your knowledge from different fields and you bring, and it's just amazing. So here's another proof of that. No, for sure. I, I found it was like, I mean, it's obviously very nerve wracking to try to like go from one field to another, or um, I think this applies for everything in life, right? Just change. Um, but along the way, like the things that most help me are, one is like, yeah, trusting your heart, like you said, but number two is like, people are very helpful. Like people generally like to like see someone trying to do something. And along the way, like there were so many different mentors of people that I met who just encouraged me for like no reason that, you know, presumably like they don't know, but um, it helps. And so just either listening to like the right people and being around that right crowd, it gives you that motivation or just you know, life kind of does its its thing and, and you meet some really cool people that are um, really encouraging. And so, yeah, just totally, totally um, all about people. I think the more that I um, go through this journey. Amazing. Let's talk a little bit about co-living and can you, you know, elaborate a little bit more about the concept of co-living and the core values of this co-living for the, our listener that maybe are hearing this for the first time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so co-living, it's a term that gets used a lot and it means different things in different countries. I sort of started to realize that as I jumped in the industry. Um, at its heart, in my head, I think what it is, is, um, again, it can take on many forms, but the general idea is that it's a place, um, it's a space like designed for community and personal growth. And so residents typically will feel like a common connection. Physically, it looks like um, a shared accommodation. It can be like a house. It can be a villa or like a big complex. Um, and then it has private corridors for, for the individuals to stay in. So I'd best describe it as like a university dorm, but for adults. Or maybe like a hostel with a little bit more of a purpose and longer stays. So... Typically, like people are staying at least seven days in a co-living. It's not like a an Airbnb or something where, you know, anyone can sort of join in. It's more of like an application process um, about who you are. And uh, you really get to feel the community when you're there. Uh, I think that's probably the most defining theme. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's really just for like people who are looking for a flow or a rhythm when they're traveling um, rather than like going in and kind of being a, a tourist and then uh, moving on, which is also a lot of fun, but it's just like two different approaches to, to staying at a new place. Yeah, it's really about, like at least from what I've seen until now, it's about this shared desire to do something together. So as you said, like sometimes you will look for co-living spaces and basically what you'll find is a shared flat. Like you each have a bedroom and you have a nice kitchen together, but sometimes it's bigger. It depends on the places. Uh, we've seen amazing things like buildings that have like, each have an, an, a different um, apartment, but then you have like the two first floors will be a shared space to work together to uh, and have some entertainment. So it's really, it depends on the place. But I think the whole idea, I love how you said, it's like, it's the accommodation place, the student dorms uh, for adults and people that want to live differently than just having their own home for a certain time and i think a lot of time in those co-living spaces there is a place for contributing to the community like you get an apartment but you also give to the community from sometimes your knowledge your skills 
we see a lot of those happening. And I don't know if you know, Majid, we haven't talked about it before, uh, if you're familiar with the kibbutz in Israel, which is basically a co-living uh, place. It's a big one where everyone uh, shares, you know, the same village maybe. Uh, and originally they all contributed uh, to the same community, everything, all the work, all the job was, you know, all the money that I was getting in was um, separated equally between all the members. Yeah. And um, with one intention of a, com- a big community and, you know, contributing and helping each other uh, in a new country. So from, I lived in a kibbutz for a while uh, when I was younger. And for me, the this idea of sharing a community and helping each other is amazing. And sadly, <laughs> it doesn't exist in big cities, for example. So for me, ideally, my dream would be to live in a building that is like a kibbutz where everyone, you know, can contribute and share knowledge and skills and help each other um, in the big city, having a great job and not, you know, having to work in the fields or, uh, and <laughs> raising chicken. <laughs> and I think the, one of the main difference, and we hear it a lot from, at least I see it a lot on social media and stuff is that in today's world where it's very individual, everyone has their own thing. You live by yourself. You are with your ear pods. You do your thing, especially since, remote workers were working alone, being alone, doing alone. People wanted to open up. But I'll say the main difference between just looking for a flatmate and looking for a co-living space is that it's not a matter of, I just need to uh, like divide my rent price. And this is one of the reasons you will go and look for a flat share. You will be like, hey, I don't have a thousand bucks to put on a rent. I will only put 500 and live with someone. When you go with that approach and the mindset to a co-living space, you go because you want to live with other people. You want to be surrounded by this idea of a community. And it doesn't matter if you get the community inside an apartment or inside of a building or inside of a village, but you get this community idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you, you nailed it there because it's like you, you shared living. Obviously, there's cost savings, but a lot of the times there isn't cost savings as well. Maybe it started off that way, but it, I feel like now and now it's more of like a conscious decision, whether it could be for like sustainability or for, for how you described it, Maya, and around um, just feeling, you know, the people around you. Um, I feel like I was reading this book recently and it talks about like the development of society and you know, how it sort of started with like everybody was like nomadic and like with their own tribe. And then it slowly kind of built up, I guess, and progressed. And then as, you know, we industrialized, things were kind of growing at like that. Everyone was still feeling connected and maybe you hit a certain peak. But once like society industrialized, um, you we kind of like, we gave up that sort of connection with others. And we just hoped that the government would kind of manage that relationship for us. And so, yeah, like in a big city, like you don't really know everybody, but um, it would sure be nice if you can just like go to a time where like relationships were actually managed by by us instead of like a civil law, right? So it's a very wide concept. And I actually remember reading a little bit more about some co-livings where people were actually trying to do that, like go back to like sort of how you describe like a kibbutz of like, if we can just have our own new community where 
we know our neighbors and we kind of start from scratch and then try to build something there. There's like a few projects um, here in Vancouver that I think are doing that. I haven't been able to talk to them. I'm not sure if it's still going on, but I was reading about this earlier and yeah, it's really interesting. It is. I know about a couple of um, projects people are trying. I think we as humans, we need those connections. We are social creatures. We want to connect. We maybe lost this ability over the years, uh, especially after COVID, but I think most of us really want those connections. And so there are a lot of people are trying to create projects like that and like you as well. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's awesome to see everybody trying to do something here. It's uh, some, you know, everything's possible. So, so Maji, tell us what CoLive Value actually is. Yeah, so CoLive Values um, is a platform that aims to bring these more purposeful, like suitable co-livings for remote workers. Um, really, my mission is to ensure that a remote worker, if they're interested, can find like, like-minded communities and people that they can be inspired around, supported, but still stay productive, still you know, have that career focus. You don't have to be a digital nomad necessarily, even though you can be, um, anyone can do it, I think. And so it's just a place where you can go in, you can pick what you're interested in, your values, um, if you're looking for a specific location, feature, or a specific amenity, like you want a pool or you know you want to be in a tropical island or something, um, that's all possible. So you find places for like entrepreneurs, places for um, kite surfers, nature lovers, yogis, um, just adventurers, um, and the list goes on. And so it's really kind of going beyond just accommodation. It's all about um, finding the right community, you kind of start small, you bring these like creative, diverse people together uh, and try to make these unforgettable experiences. So um, there was there was one space that I think kind of encompasses like exactly why I find this so fascinating. I was speaking to like a co-living owner as I was doing the research for, for the market and trying to understand it. And he was telling me a story of the, the current residents that were staying at his um, at his residence, and it's, it's called Vecino Co-Living. It's in Medellin, uh, Colombia. He said that like everybody in his house, they all met kind of just serendipitously kind of booked it at the same time. They didn't know each other. And they've all probably been around, like been there for like two, three weeks. And they've decided to book a whole new trip together, um, go to Argentina, find found their own place to stay in. And they're... You know, they just enjoyed it so much and they built such strong connections that they want to they want to keep it going. And so, like, I think it's a place where you can find that. And while I can't promise that for someone, um, I think trying to like pair them up with people with the right kind of values as them is probably the, the best way to, you know, try to make those encounters happen. I just loved it so much. And I love your platform because I think it really brings out the the shared values and not only the location, like you don't look for something specific, you look for what exactly do you want in that? And um, just to go to the next question. So you touched upon it now with your story, but what inspired you, inspired you to focus on digital nomads and uh, remote workers? Yeah. Um, yeah. Really good question. I think, um, it kind of, it's a very personal thing for me. Um, like I said, I, I started working through COVID. I was like a remote worker right from the start, um, a forced remote worker, I would say. And so um, getting into the workforce, it was just like, a, there's a very obvious like 
struggle that I thought, you know, everybody was kind of facing on the same boat as me is just like, it's a pretty lonely endeavor. Um, you'd hear a lot of stories, especially in consulting is like, people would talk about, you know, back in the day, like we would be traveling all the time and we wouldn't be on zoom at like six, seven o'clock trying to talk to clients. And, um, you really get to know your coworkers and you build these like awesome relationships that are just very difficult to do. And like, you kind of just have to force yourself to sit in front of a laptop and try to like, you know, grab someone in to like have a coffee chat and get to know who they are. Um, it's a lot easier when it's more like a, a serendipitous kind of encounter. And so, um, yeah, I just kind of saw that around and I, and I thought there wasn't enough services for remote workers. Um, like for me, it was, I remember, um, trying to look for a solution and I was like, okay, like I, as a remote worker, at least I can go work abroad and I can go, you know, have some fun and maybe meet some people there. Um, and that's when I slowly started discovering like co-livings, um, and they were completely booked out, like booked out like three, four months in advance. Um, and, and I could see why it was like kind of a, a perfect solution. Like it is, um, you know, a place where you can have those socializing opportunities. A lot of the times it seemed like people were on similar boats, like they're either, uh, they have a company of their own, or maybe they're like a tech worker, like I was that are, um, you know, they have the ability to go work from anywhere. Um, and, and it seemed like, you know, you'd get that work-life balance. You're obviously exploring, adventuring, traveling in a new place. And so you do get to do the things that you love um, in a place that you love and still focus on work. And so, yeah, all of that blended together. And I was like, I, I think this is like a really great solution. And it didn't seem like remote workers all knew about it. Like digital nomads, they probably heard of it at one point. It's like a very niche thing. But when you think of like who a remote worker is before, it was kind of a niche thing as well. But now it's like we're all remote workers. Like it's kind of the standard right now, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I love that. And I really think you touched upon a very important point thing. And we talked about it earlier. There's more and more people teleworking, remote working, working from their regional country, moving and working from somewhere else, uh, whether they're entrepreneurs and having their own businesses or have just working remotely to different companies. And this feeling of loneliness can touch upon a lot of them. And I think that's where co-living is very useful. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about technology and how technology plays a role in enhancing the co-living experience for your users. Yeah, I think um, it's technology is definitely plays a huge role in, in, in co-living and finding the right place. Um, obviously, with a lot of these platforms, they're... Um, you, you have to sort of go online and find the right technology to use here. Um, in terms of like Cola values itself, what I found is that um, it doesn't seem like there was enough, um, enough tools out there to find the right place. Like there are so many different places and they're so diverse um, and it really just depends on what you want, right? And so um, I thought that while there were like tools that you can easily use to like find, you know, okay, I'm in, I'm in Paris, like what's available near me right now to, to go check out. Um, I think technology, the beautiful thing about it is like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, it, it can easily be like transformed and changed and you can kind of take your own to taste on like how you want to do something. Um, 
And so I found that uh, we're able to um, zoom out and really try to rethink like, okay, what's the problem here? What are we trying to solve? For me, that was like, well, I don't think the problem is like people want to find in this city, like where they can stay. I think people in general like are open to just curiously checking out what's available around the world. And that will might, that might sell them more than, um, you know, trying to first explain something and then they find their location and then they look for the co-living. It's like, Hey, there's a really cool co-living in Portugal. If you love surfing, you can go surf in the morning. If you work in North America, that means like you start work at 11 o'clock so you can have breakfast, um, have a chat with someone, have your coffee, start working. And then later on in the night, you can go like have dinner with your friend mates or maybe like, um, go check out the town and, and see, like explore local cuisine. Um, so you get to like build these new experiences that weren't possible before. Sorry, I know you were talking about like technology there, but my mind spiraled to this. No, that's amazing, you know, because technology, your technology, how you created your website will actually help people open their mind to new possibilities that they maybe haven't thought about it before. You know, a lot of people are saying, okay, I have to work remotely so i'm in vancouver i'll search for something in vancouver but actually there are no limits for most of those remote remote workers so let's open the world and try to find something that maybe is more exciting maybe it has uh new opportunities maybe it's even you know nicer to work like you said instead of uh beginning to work at 8 a.m. you can start working at 11 a.m. and that's amazing <laughs> why not yeah and, and I think what's important and what's uh, special in your platform is the fact that it's you can filter the places not necessarily like based on location but on your values on your interests on your desires and lifestyle and I think again when you're looking for a co-living space something that you're going to share with others well, do you want slow living? Do you want something, as you said, like surfing in the morning? Do you want, I, I've seen like places on, on your platform, like we do yoga every morning together. We'd, like what is the thing that you want to share it as a community? Are you going super green, like very ecology, like sustainable? Or more tech. Or, or, or do you want something, yeah, more tech, more sophisticated, more out, like, Outdoor, indoor, there are so many things. So when you look at the co-living thing, it's not, ooh, I want to look at, I'm living in Vancouver, let's look, look for something in Vancouver. But hey, what do I love? What do I like? Yeah. And it's it's awesome to, to actually have that option. I feel like for a long time, it was such a niche thing that, you know, there wasn't like very much of a, of a themed nature around a certain place. But nowadays, it's definitely more of like, there's so many people who are interested in this. And so you get awesome themes, like you mentioned, right? And so it makes everybody's like, it makes everything better, I think. And so I think it's only gonna get better and better from here. So I'm very optimistic about it. Like, have you seen until now something that is coming very frequently, like that people are looking for in terms of the, the type or lifestyle or values that people are looking for? Mm, I, you know, I try to track that. I try to see like what people are most interested in um nothing like in particular is like just completely like overtaken there's just a bunch of very diverse things like i i think for a lot of the co-livings they just do and and i gotta say like i'm i kind of played no part in this right like the co-living owners and the people actually operating these are the ones that are 
really the stars. I'm just trying to put them out there. Um, but a lot of the things that they do, I find really, really cool. Like skill sharing is like a big thing now where like most co-livings will sort of, I follow them on Instagram and social media and I try to see like what they're up to. And um, it seems like every other day, like there's like one in, in Southern Spain called Sun and Co. It's very popular. Um, they're always hosting like workshops where members will teach each other um, their skills. Sometimes it's like woodworking or like building something with your hands. And sometimes it's like a startup, you know, product market fit presentation um, for for people building something. So um, skill training is definitely a big one. I think um, you just you, th- there's like the, the sport themed ones. So like surfing is an obvious one, but um, kite surfing is a pretty big one as well, um, which I thought was was pretty wild. I didn't know people went around the world doing this, this crazy sport, but they do um, entrepreneurial places like you find like. Sometimes it's like a hacker home where like it's just a bunch of developers building something and kind of motivating each other. But then sometimes it's like people working on their own, um, you know, like small businesses and growing those slowly together. Um, And so, yeah, just the diversity in themes. It's more of a like a long tailed um, niche for everybody rather than like, oh, everybody wants, you know, to do this specific thing. That's really cool. So what advice would you give to someone who is looking for a co-living space? I think if you're looking for a co-living space, I guess you'd probably, it it depends on where you're coming from. Like as a remote worker, I think there's a few things to consider, right? Is like, um, what what are your hours like? Like some people can just work and code. Um, Doesn't matter what time it is. They're not in very many meetings. Um, Others like, like the role that I was doing, that was definitely like a more, you know, client facing role. Like you're really talking to people through specific hours, figuring those hours um, first probably helps um, and talking to your manager and trying to figure out like what's possible and how they can kind of accommodate. You'd be pretty surprised that some companies like they're pretty progressive with, um, you know, maybe switching you to a different region or um, just working on like, you know, adjusted hours. Um, the other thing is just also around, um, like knowing what you're getting into. We kind of talked about it earlier, right? And, and Gal, you mentioned this, like some places are like an apartment complex um, with like shared space. Others are like a very intimate house. And so, um, and sometimes like anyone will just label something as a co-living and you're not exactly sure if they are or not. Um, that's something that I'm trying to solve, but it's not, um, it's, it's easier said than done for sure. Um, because a lot of the times like, it's very hard to to take and, and really know what a community is like beforehand. Um, but co-living, I think it just really like going through their social media, if you find something and like trying to understand what this place actually is, what it entails, gives you that peace of mind, right? And um, it also makes sure like expectations are set for both sides. So nobody's like upset, you know, when, when you do end up there. Um, I've seen some people recommend like, if you are interested in a place, like maybe having like two places in mind and if they're nearby, then you can kind of travel there first, go check it out. If you like it, then you kind of book your longer term stay. Um, that's definitely an approach. Personally, I, I kind of, I take risks and I, I just did it um, without checking too much. And I kind of paid the price for it because I ended up finding a place that was like not what they said they were, <laughs> unfortunately, but um yeah, I guess that's that's part of it sometimes. 
Yeah, and I know that there are a lot of co-living spaces right now that are, you know, one big application and you have to go through a whole process just to get into those uh, places. So sometimes it can take a while to get accepted to one of those uh, co-living spaces. So definitely be ready for this. It's a journey, right? It's a journey. You have to be open-minded for it yeah. and uh, adventurous a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Majid, you shared it with us on a like in a private conversation when we talked the last time. Are you going to try a COVID a co-living space for a while, remote, remote, like not in Vancouver? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it came at a very weird point for me because summer in Vancouver is like the best thing ever. It's such a beautiful part of the world, and I'm very blessed to be here. Um, I actually, when I first started building Cola Values, I was in a co-living. That was the one I, I mentioned where it was not what it actually, what I thought it was, let's say. So, um, yeah, it's definitely in, the, in, in my book that I need to do uh, a proper co-living with a lot of these companies that I'm listing on my own site. So um, hopefully this winter, I love to escape like Canadian winter. It's too cold and miserable for me most of the time. So going somewhere... In Europe is probably uh, it's probably where I'm looking at, but we'll see how how I'm feeling and what I what I'm looking for from that time. Can't wait to hear about your experience in your own <laughs> in your own words. So before we go, can you tell uh, our listeners how they can find you? Uh, what is the offer that they can find on your website? And yeah, how do they reach out? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so my website is colavalues.com. Um, you can go on there and you can pick what you're interested in, find a cool community anywhere around the world. Um, if you if you want to check out uh, more about me and follow me, you can check me out on Twitter. It's uh, the midget underscore. Uh, maybe we can have those in the show notes or something. Uh, and if you want to take part of Cola Values, this is a platform that I'm very much just building um, by myself and I'm slowly, slowly kind of uh, shaping it to be what it is. Um, you can always join the discussion. I have a Discord community where people can join and contribute to the future of, of you know, co-living, co-live values and just have, you know, discussions around the space. So um, I'm always open to meeting people, having conversations and um, yeah, really, really uh, glad to be here. Thank you guys so much. Oh, that's, that's, amazing. that's amazing. And we'll put all the links, of course, in the description of uh, this podcast episode. Uh, Majid, thank you so much for this conversation and for sharing your expertise and your interesting story. Yeah, I love this. And I think co-living is 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 gonna stay for a while now. So really hope it develops. Yeah, into even more. That's my hippie energy wanting to do a better world. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will. I think it will. There's so many cool people doing really cool things in the space. So um, I can't wait to see it in a few years time. Thank you, Majid, for being here with us today. And thank you for joining us on the Coffee Talkie Show, the podcast for women living abroad. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insight, tips, and inspiration for your journey as an expat. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us via our website or social media. And if you love what you just heard today, please like, follow, and leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, sending positive vibes your way.